All right, here we are, January 12th, Common Sense Ohio, bringing common sense from Ohio to the world. Much needed common sense, I might add. Uh, we are here with the usual crew on video, if you haven't figured that out yet. And if you haven't figured that out yet, it's easy. Just go to commonsenseohioshow.com, where you can check out all our past episodes, get links and do whatever you do. Or you can go to YouTube, uh, Facebook, or any, any where. I don't even know where it is because it's so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Anyway, brought to you by Harper Plus Accounting and those who are uh, finalized have finalized their year-end accounting last year are now staring another deadline in the face. That is the March deadline for your corporate returns. And, you know, the show must go on. It always starts over. The government always, always, always is reaching for your pocket. As soon as you've rejected one reach, the other hand is coming at you for the other pocket. There is no safe harbor, um, another tax term. So Harper Plus Accounting, you know, they do my books. They can do yours too. It's not just getting your tax returns done, although they are launching a new uh, program for the more uh, transactional folks. So if you need that kind of help, they'll do it too. Uh, better than the competitors. Yeah. Uh, and though, if you got a business or a small business or a little bit more complex with some trust and other things, then uh, they, they can be your accountant for that. Uh, so we uh, are at the new year. We did not talk about New Year's resolutions here at the tables, guys, or here at the table, guys, but it is about that time when you've set your New Year's resolution and you've already forgotten about them. They've sloughed <laughs> off and now you're eating carbs again or you're, you're you know, you're, you've skipped the gym a couple of times. 12 days to in and have it. about, screwed it up. Yeah. You know, they, I don't know what they said. It's always they say. It takes about two <laughs> weeks to start a habit. Well, it takes a lot longer than that for me, folks. Um, but uh, I'm sure you're at the gym listening while you're on the treadmill or on the Stairmaster or pumping iron. Uh, right now, you can catch your Common Sense Ohio show.com uh, there and like and share. So, you know, every every week we do our World War II fact of the day. And, you know, Brett and I, you were talking, you and I were talking while we were waiting on Norm. See what I did there, Norm. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how much history uh, not only instructs what's going on now, but repeats itself. Oh, yeah, totally. And, we were we, we got started talking uh, about the fact, you know, you made an, I don't know if it was on the air last week, Norm, you made an interesting comment, like, the world's at war here. You know, it's not just a oh, cold yeah. war, it's a hot war. It's like, there, hot there's war. conflict flaring up all over the place, and Brett started to talk about how, um, you know, uh, that, how, how what's going on in the Suez Canal, and how we're, uh, uh, now Tesla, I guess, is... Yeah, uh, Tesla's shutting down for a couple of weeks, because they got to find a different route to send stuff, because they're not, they're not shipping anything over the Red Sea. Right. Done. And, and, you know, I, it made me think, like, why – we talked about this a lot on the air. Like, why is this happening? It's because America's weak uh, right now. We're not, we're not flexing our muscle in the world not to dominate or be authoritarian or to make sure that we control everything, but to make sure that freedom still reigns around the world and the shipping lanes can be open, the trading routes are open, and our allies can share with us and we can share with them, and the good people in the world can function. Yeah. And, you know, people, re people lose sight of – what happens when America sort of tucks its head into the shell and, and becomes isolationist, or worse yet, as it is now weak? And it got me thinking about isolationism. I don't remember every single date in World War II. Spoiler alert. So I looked it <laughs> up. Right, I Googled this day in World War II. Right. So it's, I'm, no, I'm no genius, right? I'm just looking it up. Uh, and I, I, some of the stories I almost skip over, and this one I almost skipped over until I had this conversation with Brett. Charles Lindbergh, it turns out, was rejected uh, admittance into the Army on this date in 1942. And why, pray tell? He was an American hero. But I guess he had a history of American isolationism and making speeches for America to stay out. And um, so it, it was enough where Roosevelt said no. So, you know, following, here's, the, here's the article. This one is simply Wikipedia. But 
uh, following the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and German declaration of war against the U.S., Lindbergh avidly supported the American war effort but was rejected for active duty as Roosevelt refused to restore his Air Corps uh, colonel commission. And, you know, he was he took a very isolationist attitude. And I think America, we've talked about this, too, on the show or before, during and after. We just have this sort of attitude to stay out of the world. And, you know, you know, we're fine here in Kansas doing our thing or we're fine uh, just minding our own P's and Q's. And we forget that if if we don't fill the void or we don't fill the vacuum, something else will. Um, it's like when I when I deal with cases, media cases, I always tell my clients, like, look, I can keep quiet here, but this is a newsworthy story and something is going to fill up the news. It's it's sucking in the vacuum right now, and uh, we, we should supply at least some message that favors us. Um, um, uh, the world is like that. When America is quiet and weak and not part of the conversation, bad actors take over. Anyway, that's my – so in 1942, Lindbergh could not be a commissioned officer in the Army. Right. And, I mean, think about that, though. Like, yeah. he was like our best pilot ever yeah. at the yeah. time, yeah. right? So – pioneering and you know he had the last laugh though so i'll tell you a little Lindbergh story it's not apocryphal it's been confirmed by uh army air corps pilots so fdr did not as you say you know did not bring him back into the uh, army for political reasons that's what it was he was very critical of uh Lend-Lease and all these uh, things fdr was doing leading up to the war sure it had it had more to do with isolation more it had more to more than just isolation, isolationism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, criticizing yeah. the New Deal and such. It's just like, you know, uh, FDR didn't like um, uh, Papa Joe Kennedy mm-hmm. for what he was doing when he was ambassador to England. He was very negative on uh, assisting England, believe it or not. So at any rate, all this before Pearl Harbor. But Lindbergh got the last laugh on FDR because he did go out and you know just like Mickey Rooney and yep. you know all the, all the Hollywood uh, kind of people that would do uh, CSO tours um, he he went out spoke to the troops he visited various bases and out in the Pacific one of the uh, units he visited said hell yeah you can go up in one of our fighter planes mm-hmm. he did he went on a mission and he shot a Japanese plane down. Yeah. Mm. Instead, he flew 50 combat mission, missions in the Pacific Theater as a civilian consultant. Right. With the big middle <laughs> finger to FDR. Yeah, doing it anyway. He right? did it anyway. Wow. Right, right. And that's the but, American spirit right there, telling the government to go F itself. You bet. And right. do what the hell. Yeah. You are, you know, you're a, a child of God. You can live out your life the way that you want to. And the little puny man up there at uh, 1600 Pennsylvania, whether it's uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump or FDR, hey, they don't really control you unless you let them control you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to, to, uh, there's a speech out there, his Lindbergh speech, and I'll, I'll just quote part of it. And he says, we have weakened ourselves for many months and still worse. We have divided our own people by dabbling in Europe's wars. Um, we should have been concentrating on American defense uh, we have been forced to argue over foreign quarrels, you know. So he's really what he, I think you're right. Great point, Norm. What he's really doing is throwing daggers at Roosevelt. Yeah. Um, Just disagrees with him on a policy. Yeah. But once the war started, you know, like a patriotic American, he was on board. I mean, you well, know. that's another great point, right? So another thought that you can disagree with the government and still love the country. All right. Wow. So imagine that. Wow. That's a that's a heavy thing. Imagine right? that. <laughs> it's like just because. 
you disagree with the country on some sort of policy doesn't mean that you should hate it and flush it down the toilet in the rest of the world. We pledge allegiance to our country, not to our government. To our and, flag, right? And, yeah. and, and right. Well, but the flag being a symbol of the country. Mm-hmm. So we, I've, I've never viewed myself as a person who has to be loyal to the government. I have to be loyal to my fellow citizens and to my country. Yep. But the government changes every every so many years. We have an election. It's a different government, different bureaucrats, different president, different congressmen. I'm not pledging allegiance to the government. No, of course not. Unlike but, but every most other people country think that that you know, most people think like we got our rights in the Constitution. Oh, thank right. you, government. Thank you for giving me. No, which that's is, not how it works. Which is, you know, again, relevant history to this day, right? We have an election coming up with two unpopular or and or popular people, depending on where you are. But look, Trump has not been a universally popular guy, um, and nor is Biden. Now, people ask me all the time, how can you possibly justify voting for Trump? Um, you know, he's such this horrible person, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I can say, well, look, I, I'm— I'm voting for the country here. You know, I, I like the, I, I can't stand the policies on the other side. So yeah. I'm going to vote against those policies. I'm not voting um, to support like personally some man right. or some individual who's going to be like right. the king of our country. It's right. not like his majesty. Yeah. This is the freaking president, folks. And, and if you read the Constitution, he really shouldn't have much power. Yep. Right. They shouldn't right. be doing what they do. They should not be just signing orders. And, you know, Ben Shapiro, I, I, he, he had a, a piece on the Daily Wire that I read about Congress, and he just lambasted Congress for being this sort of lame body that does nothing but banter around and show off and and, and make headlines. And they're not doing their job. Instead, the president is writing executive orders and, and passing laws, quote laws, yeah. uh, through executive edict using the administrative state. And this is what makes Trump unpopular, right? I mean, that he comes in and says, I'm going to drain the administrative state right. and drain the swamp, so to speak, and get rid of all these bodies. Right. And it's what uh, we're, we're, uh, who's who just got elected uh, down in... Um, a non-socialist down in South America. I'm drawing a total blank. Oh, but, um, he, but he went in and just started just cutting out all in Ar- the, Argentina. Was it Argentina? Yeah, it's awesome. He just comes yeah. in and just starts. He's got this. Or is it Brazil? But big, I know who you mean. Yeah. It might yeah. be Brazil. Yeah. He's got this big haircut. He's, yeah, yeah, he's just, yeah. He's just coming in like using his pen and just like slicing out <laughs> huge chunks of the administrative state of government. Well, like Vivek has said, uh, you know, who, who by the way wasn't at the debate because he doesn't have enough support, but. Uh, the the guy from Ohio went to St. X High School, lives in Upper Arlington here in Columbus, running for president, Vivek Ramaswamy. He has said he would cut the government in half. Yeah. He he would discharge half of the federal employees. And I would posit this is like a John Grisham novel or a Clancy novel. Hmm. That that is like I, I would say there's enough incentive on the other side of that. Yeah. financially right. and from a power standpoint that makes them a target for assassination. I mean, I literally believe that. Oh, almost. If somebody I, I, came yeah, in and yeah, said, yeah. I'm going to cut the administrative government. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah. right. It's a threat. It's like the Pelican brief, man. It's, you know, it's, it's like a serious you, threat. Yeah. It's yeah. a big to, threat to the power and to money the structure. establishment. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think mm. in, in large part that's, that was Trump's big enemy too. Yeah. So DeSantis has mm. said something akin to that. His idea is not only to cut the, uh, cut the, the waste, but also um, to trim government, but also to decentralize it. Mm-hmm. So he wants to move the FBI, for example, out of D.C. I mean, he, w- he wants to actually relocate out of D.C. 
to, to major centers like what Seattle, Indianapolis, Columbus, whatever, you know, Atlanta, spread the government around, uh, get, you know, it, it rather, it, which wouldn't matter anymore. Right. Yeah, Cause everything's see, electronic anyway. Yeah. I mean, all that would do is just cost. That's what came to my mind too. Is like, well, it's like at, more at, money. What, at what cost? Okay, how many private flights are going to be had around point, the country yeah. because of that? But it's I, an interesting thought. Well, Thomas Jefferson is is quoted as saying, if, "If all the power is located physically in one area, eventually it will become tyrannical." And we're there. Yeah. No. For sure. No. I, I mean, when, I mean, when the head of the FBI can just walk down the street, knock on the door of the Speaker of the House. And they can do their little hubbub, hubbub. Or deal. worse yet, the people who know the speaker that do this and this and this oh, for somebody yeah. else, like favors happening right. behind, 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 behind. The only, but, but those favors are going to happen over Zoom or whatever. You, right. So That's the question the is, what, what's the value add to do that? Right. Would, how much would it, it help? It doesn't stop the communication flow. No, it doesn't it, do that. It does. Anymore. anymore. Now, in the technology oh, It age. deeply affects the culture, though. Yeah. Yes, it would break up culture. You're, you're probably correct. Yes, about that. Yeah. the growth, yeah, no, the, no. the biggest growth during the subprime crisis. The only area of America that was adding jobs was Washington D.C. Metro. That it was the growth yeah. center during during COVID during subprime. Yeah. Well, did you see? I don't remember the numbers, but I I read somewhere somebody published the numbers on new jobs that were added in uh, under Biden, and I think it was like ninety percent government jobs. Yeah. And it's not that that it's not that those jobs were empty; they were added. Also, guys, hmm. think of the cultural uh, aspect. Ninety might be too much. Might be as eighty. If I don't the, remember. If the FBI was headquartered, let's say in Missoula, Montana, yeah, well, they would screw up that beautiful well, part of the country. Well, let's just think <laughs> about this <laughs> a, for a little bit. The kind of people that live in Missoula that will be doing the secretarial, the data entry. Fair enough, right? Yeah, they're they're going to be less inclined to the Washington corruption exactly. at the lower levels. Exactly yeah. right. It would be an interesting. It some interest. It would be an interesting petri dish look of like how fast does it get? Yeah, yeah, ruined. right. So, you know, it'll corrupt. It just it, it's like a do over, and then it'll uh, slowly uh, creep back in, right? Well, give I want I want a term s- of four years, probably. Yeah, I want to see all the suits uh, at the uh, whatever the Department of Health and Human Services. I want to see all those guys put on cowboy boots and live in Denver. <laughs> Or whatever, no, right? right? No, I mean they, they're not going to have not fancy move restaurants there. and exactly. their you know their five hundred dollar yeah. lunches or and Columbus, all a cow town. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, why would I want to move there? You know, okay, fine. Yeah, don't move here. <laughs> we'll fill it do, up. Do we really want please, you here? Please, honestly, God, yeah. don't move here. And and we'll. <laughs> but have, they would sooner or later. They would. Sooner yeah. they would. Yeah. And they'd start bringing just like right. Intel's doing. I mean, they'll oh, start bringing. Can their you people imagine in. the backlash or mentally all all these Intel people going Columbus? You're asking us to move to Columbus. Well, but except that's they're coming from India. Think. Well, yeah. that, that's, what I, that's what I want them to think because we, well, we used to have a really cool town. Yeah. It's slowly turning to crap, but we used to have a really cool town. Right. Yeah. yeah. We are after Cincinnati and believe it or not, Buffalo, New York. It just came out. The, the Realtor Association said the third hottest market. Is Columbus? Over. I don't What's, understand that due to the well, lack of housing that county. we have. <laughs> well, that's what makes it hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, yeah. That's what it's I the think reverse angle. Yeah, yeah they, okay. the housing market's booming because there's no supply. They said eleven. Yeah, At least that's what they're saying. I, I don't buy that. There's no supply. Eleven percent increase yeah. in the cost of housing here. Yeah. So on but Buffalo, hand, Buffalo was number one. Yeah. I so, saw that. So on 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 one hand, they celebrate inflation of housing prices. Right. Mm-hmm. But on, on the other hand, they have all the, which we'll get into, yeah. Ohio has all these giveaway programs yeah. 
for people to get into a house. And we'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the commercial market in Columbus and, you know, there's grants out there that'll let you take down buildings like the one we're in yeah. and they'll pay a million, a couple million just to take it down and, and, and backfill it with uh, floors of residential, you yep. know, like a single mm-hmm. studio type of apartments. And, yep. you know, I, so do we really have a housing crisis? I, I wonder, and I am, I am totally, totally asking. I, I, I have no thought, but I have a, I, I wonder if we really have a crisis or there's an agenda to get people into the city and stacked on top of each other in uh, small housing instead of like in the suburb, like instead of the sprawl. And, and walking across the street today to come into the building, yep. I saw the mass transit bus go by. Now this Empty. is rush hour. One person. See, Brett, Norm loves I, the buses. We replaced, we replaced a single car on the road with a diesel bus. All right. right. That's and empty. So let's stick the flag at, you know, top of the hill and declare victory. Yay, mass transit. Right. You and took you took a Prius off the road and put a friggin' but, but Norm, Gillig go on, bus. Because you educated me on this. They didn't do that with like uh earmarked money that the taxpayers voted for. They did it with like fix the road money. And mm. they well, yes, and also a special code of tax, right? Yeah. On on uh, each gallon of gasoline that you're buying too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. I mean, nice. I, 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 you know, to revise that, I would have no issue if they just do the short bus mindset. Just shorten those buses up. Well, if you're going to have one cheaper. person in it. Right. At least make know. them cheaper. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know what I'd like? have to have this? It's like buses on campus make perfect sense to me because students don't have transportation. They can hop on the little shuttle and go yeah. all over the place. I'd like yeah. market solutions to all of this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If mass transit yeah. makes sense, if People there's a business it. case for mass transit. So before there was a coda, what did Coda do to get in business? They bought out the private bus company that ran transit here in Columbus. Yep. Coda purchased their fleet, and then it became a public enterprise. Yep. Just like the TSA people used to all be private people, and then 9-11 happens, right? President Bush makes them federal employees overnight. That's what we did to transit. We did that in New York with the subway system. That was private. Yep. That wasn't owned by the city of New York or the county. That was all private. So what happened is the government decided to get into what hitherto was private sector. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have buses running with one person, 100%. because there's no incentive for somebody to be efficient, to design a route where there really is need in order for people to actually pay to ride the bus, right? Because mm-hmm. it would sustain so itself. Instead, it's just a taxpayer debacle. We had a debate down here. This, this, this sort of hit me personally at the time, or at least in my business pocketbook. We had a debate down here. There was a fundraiser that, that uh, rented the studio. And by the way, I didn't care. I was more than happy to give the other side of the political aisle the platform to uh, run a fundraiser, do whatever. I didn't oh, care. Oh, every time. I'm yeah. not a silencer of, right. of opposition. So we let, and that's what this was. This let was it, a fundraiser. Let it flow, man. I'm ready to go into combat with yeah. them. That, well, that's what happened. So I come down and I'm sitting over where our producer there, Dan, is sitting, and I was running the show, and they had, it was all on video and Zoom, and they had all sure. these people on. It was like the Hollywood Squares on the TV and everything. And, um, you know, they were all proud of their platforms and their policies and whatever. And then they got done, and they looked at me, and they were, all, they were looking at me like, see? See, see? we're right. Right. And then what'd you think? And I said, yeah, you guys are a bunch of communists. I know what's going on here. And they just looked at, they were blown away. And so we got into this big debate. Say what you are. One of them worked at CODA. Oh, there you go. And he was championing, um, raising wages 
minimum wage and, and government control over how much I pay my employees. Right. And it was like fighting, like there's this big debate. And my, I was taking the position you guys might think I would take, like let the market bear. You know, if the market says it's 25, then I'll pay 25. Right. If it yeah. says it's 10, I'll pay 10. Right. Um, and then he said, well, you, you know, you should be blah, 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 blah. And I said, and it's interesting. I said, well, look, well, that's interesting because during COVID, it was right in the heart of COVID. And I said, I haven't had a paycheck in over a year. And he, he got real silent because I said, well, look, what if I can't afford to pay those people? He goes, well, you need to take home less of the business. And I said, yeah, but I haven't been paid in a year. How do you answer that one, Mr. Coda? Right. And th- there was like this death silence over the room. And I said, no, really, I have not been paid. All like we small business owners who were impacted, not all of them, but a lot of us mm-hmm. were impacted directly by COVID. Right. And we just had to ride it out. Right. How was I supposed to pay? And and he just looked at me. And now, now you brought this up and made me think of it because Coda's empty, yet he had a job all through COVID, That's all right. through COVID, making good money, prevailing wage probably. They're just driving empty buses around or almost empty buses around. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, and nobody, and you're telling me during COVID people were bus riding? Oh. To where? We should Everything have shut was down. down. Coda yeah. should have shut down. So yeah. the Heartland Institute, who I used to I used to uh, cooperate with when I was doing mass transit um, uh, grants into efficiency, into marketplace solutions for mass transit, mm-hmm. where let's say Coda uh, has new service, maybe running from Polaris to downtown, for example, before Polaris was a thing. They would then look at a development like that. I'm sure they're looking at Intel like that, where, okay, we're going to expand. We're going to add a route, okay? There was federal legislation that required when any mass transit is expanding, they have to do a cost-benefit analysis of contracting out versus running it themselves. Well, of course, they all decide to run it themselves. Right, because they can do it better. Well, but they don't run the numbers right. They don't, they don't do, they don't view account, like, let's get Glenn Harper in here and talk about opportunity costs and all kinds of, all kinds of costs that they view as sunk that are not sunk costs, et cetera, et cetera. It's always easy to spend somebody else's money. So we did a study and just in Washington, D.C., if you took what they spent per client or per rider per year, it was $50,000, right, of federal taxpayer money. You could buy him a car. Us. Well, that was the point. Well, yeah. Back in the mid-'80s. A Prius. 50, on top yeah. of that. Like one of their, yeah. one well, of their darling then, battery cars, yeah. right? Yeah, right. Back in the mid-'80s, fifty grand to buy you a Cadillac. A like Porsche, trail. right. $50,000, yeah, a 911 Porsche, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and just, here, here's the keys. There's your mass transit, right? Yeah. Wow. Done. Crazy. It's it's just insane Sowell, what we spend. Thomas Sold talks. He tells a story. I don't know if it's a story, but if anybody hasn't read Basic Economics by Thomas Sold, you should. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's like economics for dummies. And, God, he, had, and he was. I mean, God, he he. he what did he write? Like eighty books. And, and still I mean, doing it's unbelievable. It. I think he's still churning them out. I think. At any rate, um, he tells a story about bus transportation down south during Jim Crow era. So that was the era when it was against the, the quote against the law in certain cities in certain places. For black people to ride, they had to ride in the back of the bus, not the front of the bus. Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, right? Right. So he tells this story. It's a, a study of two cities: one where there is a private uh, public transportation or private bus line; the other where it's public transportation. And the law uh, enforcing that, or basically, in the private sector, that law was by and large not enforced. In the public sector, it was rigidly enforced. And when they dug into it and studied it, it's because it didn't make any economic sense, discrimination that is, because if the bus is full 
We don't care. They don't. The bus give a is crap, full. Right? They can be green, purple. Like they're not going to ride around with a half full bus. Yeah, no. Right. Enforcing. So if it's empty, they're going to fill it up. If it's full, they're going to fill it up. And it was because the dollar sort of uh, directed the business model. Yeah. And, and if and if the bus is dangerous, no one's going to ride. No it. one's going to ride it. Right? If they get harassed on the bus, right. they're not going. They're to not going to ride it. it. Right. So, you know, it's uh, as soon as the government put its hand in it, discrimination was rampant because the government's corrupt. There is no answer to it. Uh, the finance, they didn't care. They were happy to spend your $50,000 a year, Norm, because they they would much rather have a segregated bus than save money. Um, when, when the escape uh, door, it wasn't their money. when the escape door plug on your Alaskan Airlines uh, 7, 737 Max, when that pops off, guess what? People won't fly that plane. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. there doesn't really need to be a government agency telling Boeing and telling the Alaska and airlines that they got to fix that problem because no one's going to fly sure. on those planes. Like, so you can, we, we have all of this bureaucracy and all of this business as if somehow crap. the government gets it better. You know, it's <laughs> like the space shuttle was running on like the at the time my buddy was a, a computer programmer right after right. right after college for me back in the nineties. Yeah, and he was looking. He goes, you know, he was just laughing. He goes, you know. The space shuttle's running on like old, uh, like less power than a Microsoft 286 at the time. Like, the, like the, the yeah. super cheap, right? You mm-hmm. know, very uh, minimal computers. And, and you wonder why that was. It's like, why not put the most state of the art stuff in there? And it's just because the government, you know, they, you know, the yeah. inefficiency of it. They, right. you know, they've got contracts, so they're going to fill it with this. And this is just how we if do it. If the government and, was so good, why weren't they on the, the 737 Max Nine? Has been out for a while. What, where's, where were all the government geniuses inspecting these planes if they're so smart, right? right. They're just as dumb as Boeing or as, as Alaskan Airlines. To think they're that not the any, government's quality control is going to be better right. than the private quality control? They just have a little bit stronger arm when something goes wrong. Well, then they can bang the, the gavel exactly. and they can say, here, we're doing this. Look how safe we look are. How, I mean, look at the Titanic, right? Okay. That wasn't a government-run cruise ship, right? It sank. And guess what? The, the people who owned White Star Lines, I'm sure they went back and did a really serious study of avoiding icebergs. Yeah. Right? It's never happened since. Because market forces would- I don't think anyway. Would encourage you to protect your investment. Right. And you could you say, You don't well, need like a na- international maritime organization right. to tell you that you don't want your ship to sink. Yeah, right. I think it was, it was an interview For with an FAA, FAA representative saying, you know, air flight is the, safer than crossing the street. It's like, yeah. okay, well, I don't know about that analogy. Yeah, it's but, like, how do you say but, that? But, but, you know, I, I, it's not I, safer crossing the street uh, no, if your be, plane crashes. Right. <laughs> and, and granted, plane crashes are minimal. But guess what? A plane crash happens, that company goes out of business. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Right. right. Or, or really, I'm not going to fly somebody's there airline for a while. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. Uh, Tom, along these lines, I know we're sort of way off where we usually yeah. go. But Thomas Sullivan, another story in basic economics talking about air flight. And uh, I think I've probably told you guys a story before, but uh, he talks about, it's early on in the book too, almost like a like an introduction type story where there was a, a family riding in a plane and they had a toddler and the toddler was sitting on the mom's lap and the plane crashed. And because the toddler was on the mom's lap and not buckled in, then uh, uh, the toddler died. So, yeah. you know, Congress of course is going to get involved or oh. the FAA is going to get involved and they're going to pass the, it wasn't Congress. It was, it was uh, the administrative. If we can the, save just one life. Yeah. We're going to save kids lives. So we're going to force every kid has to have a seat. That's great. So now they're all strapped in. They all got seats and the number of deaths related uh, to travel, particularly with toddlers went up and you would say, why? 
Well, because it was too expensive for families to actually fly. Now they had to put their kids in cars and drive across the country, and there were more car crashes as a result of that, and more people died in car crashes, right? And yeah. so, but it didn't look as good. You know, that's not sexy to say right. that in right. the government political arena. So, it, but the point is, is that there's no study on the private sector on what's going to happen with that. They just want to look good for that particular occasion. That's all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is why my buddy, my lawyer judge up in Delaware, said any law named after somebody is almost invariably going to be bad. <laughs> so I think yesterday was the yeah. 15th anniversary of the miracle on the Hudson when Sully, wow. the former F-4 Phantom pilot in Vietnam, now an airline pilot, landed that plane on the Hudson River mm-hmm. with zero deaths. Yeah. Right? Great movie, too. It's, it's a good movie. Yeah. Tom yeah. Movie. And yeah. what did the FAA try to do to him? Are they sent him through hearings? Oh, and all it was stuff, it, it yeah. was Sully's fault because there can't be anything wrong with a plane, right. and nothing wrong with the air traffic controllers who were telling him, "Hey, dude, just keep on going to this uh, other airport in New Jersey. You'll be fine. Just keep flying that thing." And Sully's like, "We're losing altitude. This thing's going down. It's full of goo- geese goo or whatever. Shut down mm-hmm. those engines." And he, you know, like, I can't make it. Well, then just. Do a leisurely, you know, U-turn and come back and land here. And he's like, I can't do it. Guys, I'm scraping buildings here, right? And somehow it was his fault, right, that he landed in the river instead of on dry land. Yeah. You know, because we had to protect not only the air traffic control system, certainly no federal employees made any mistakes that day. Of course not, right? You know, their suggestions were not out of control or crazy. And it might have been a fluke, who knows. That's right. But they weren't going to acknowledge any responsibility whatsoever. Right. Right. And And why would they? It's the federal government. And why aren't you out there absolutely decimating the geese at these airports? Well, we we don't want to hurt the birds. I mean, you, you, you can't. You know, it's like uh, shooting deer in Ohio. Uh, well, we can't do that to Bambi, you know, even though there's an, an excess deer population. Well, this is the time of year where I eat deer tenderloin about once a week <laughs> yeah. because I got plenty in the freezer. Yeah. yeah. So, right. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But, but try killing deer in a public park. It, it's a big thing. Well, you got to get a yeah. separate tag. You yeah. can, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> there was a meme that showed up recently on a Tom Hanks comment that had all the images of, you know, of all Tom Hanks movies. It said, remind me never to go on vacation with Tom Hanks. All, <laughs> okay. all, all the different movies he right. has that are... <laughs> right. Disaster. The Disaster. one where he's on the island by himself. Exactly. Talking to a beach yeah. ball. Beach he's, ball he was, uh, he was fighting just, pirates on the... It's uh, one of those memes that make you laugh out loud. Yeah, going, yeah you're right. I don't want to go on vacation Captain with Tom Hanks. Captain of a ship fighting pirates. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. Was, that was right. a great movie, too. Oh I forget God. what that's called I'm now. Saving Private Ryan. <sighs> well, that's not really a trip. Well, I guess it's if a, you want to consider D-Day travel or going to Europe. Well, I mean, I mean, the point of that movie was... Because that, that, that you know, Private Ryan was the last son mm-hmm. in a family. Yeah. So General, for PR reasons, sends these guys out who who bunch of them get killed, right? Yeah. Right. To save one, right? To save, save one, one. guy. Interesting moral story. Yes. That's right. It is. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I think we have to talk a little bit about some. I, I love this market uh, solutions thing. So Ohio launched two things this past week. That. Okay, like like they just, it makes me come out of my chair and just want to scream. So we, we ostensibly have uh, Republicans running state government here in Ohio. We have Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican Governor, a Republican Supreme Court. And yet we launch this week a $150 million program called Welcome Home Ohio and a second program called Ohio Home Buyer Plus. 
And what these both are, the first one, the $150 million, is $100 million given to land banks that are controlled by cities, counties, townships, and nonprofits. It's just a grant. Like, here's $100 million. You go out and either build or buy or rehab single-family occupant homes, condos, whatever. How do you spell disaster? Right. And then they give them, after they sell the home to the home buyer who has to meet a certain economic right, right, right. 80% of uh, the, uh, the median. This is going to be disastrous right. at all levels. They get a $50 million tax credit right off the top of their tax returns, right? I for these, for these. Wow. I just did a focus group. We have a side hustle doing my practice, uh, helping people prepare cases. And we did one involving the affordable housing problem in Hawaii. And it's this kind of nonsense. Oh, yeah. it, 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 it's just, be, it just brought my mind is the Hawaii situation yeah. we talked about so, months ago. Yeah, it and just so breeds a, corruption. A, a thumbprint description of the second program, Ohio Home Buyer Plus. This is for people who want to save to buy a home. So Governor DeWine and, and, and the state of Ohio will give them 2.6% extra on top of whatever the bank savings rate is currently uh, to build up a a bank account, a savings account in order to buy a home. All right, who qualifies? Because I'm going to buy a home next year. If you make less than $121,000 a year, you qualify for this program. The second thing it does. Make less than 121000 That's right. That's a pretty big number. That's and a big number. That's right. And that's the number. The uh, And the, this is passed? Yeah, this is in effect right now. And you can deduct $5,000 off of your gross, uh, off your Ohio gross tax number on your tax return for any money you stick in that bank account. And so I get dollar for dollar tax deduction. That's right. Meanwhile, for Ohio, part, not feds. Right. Yeah. So, so who's yeah. going to pay for this? Right. Us. We are. Meanwhile, Us. the price of homes and the price of buying a condo or renting an so apartment homes are stays, stays high. They're going to go up. They're going to go up. They're going to go up by the exact amount exactly. of these grants, if exactly. not more. Exactly. Right. And then on on top of this, something called oh. the Ohio, and I actually knew the guy, he retired, but I knew the guy that ran this agency, the Ohio Housing Finance Agency. They have had a program running since the subprime crisis for helping people with their down payment. And they will give you up to 5% of the purchase price of the house as a loan. And if you live in the house for seven years, they will forgive that loan. What's the income threshold for that one? The income threshold for that, I do not have. Oh, that is the one for 121,000. All right, so if you make $121,000 or less, that's right. you can get a free loan, 5% of your down payment. Is there a cost of the house? Is there, I wonder if there's a house. It's 5% of the cost of the house. But is there, is, that. It, is there a is there a ceiling I, I'm sure on how big a, the house you I'm, can buy? I'm sure there's a cap. So if I want to buy a million dollar house, can I get five percent? I was gonna say if you're pulling in, there probably is a cap, Steve. I, obviously, you, I don't have all of the regulations. Norm, you're supposed to have. The point is, I don't care if it's a hundred thousand yeah. dollar house or a million dollar right. house. Why are the tax so so? All I can all I can say here is these are problems We're that reduce the market, taxes and then make people pay more taxes. These are the problems that the market could address right. easily. 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 So if these housing, are the problems that the government created. So if housing stock right now is too expensive 
and people aren't selling their homes, right? Because other people can't afford them. When that goes on long enough, what happens? The price goes down. The price goes down. Well, it's amazing. From what I'm hearing, all the development around Dublin Park, you know, that new around the river there, that they put a ton of money into a new condo system. And, and we're talking with grants, five, I'm sure. six, oh. seven, six, seven hundred thousand dollars for a little over a thousand square feet. OK, yeah, right. so it's not selling. Right. They built it. it. It's, you know, maybe, five, you know, the, the right percentage pre-sold. OK, but now it's sitting empty. Empty. Guess mm-hmm. what? This funds it. Yeah. These sure. are these are the grants. So the prices won't sure. go down. This stuff funds it, and they'll right. keep it the same and stupid price at five thousand, six thousand dollars a month. Me, and let me close the argument for wow. you there, Brett, because this legislation on the hundred and fifty million for this grant. Guess what the grant deadline is? One month from now. So do you think this wasn't chalked up for specific people oh that were already gosh. That specific projects that were already in the pipeline? You have until February 9th of this year, 30 day window, 30 day window to get that 150 million. So, you know, you know, this ball was teed up for specific, sure, specific people. projects in projects waiting on deck. People. There's another book out it's there. It's rotten. Again, back to, back to good old Thomas Sowell. He wrote a book called housing boom and bust. And it was about the 2008 debacle. And he sort of takes it apart economically and, and really assesses the blame and where it should go. And it really all goes back to bad government action. Just stupid government right. policies and practices right. created it. So I'm not going to go into the details of it. I could, but it's a longer conversation. Yeah, Check it out. The Housing Boom and Bust by Thomas Sowell. It's a real short one, too. That's the cool thing about it. A lot of his books are like these little thin ones that right. you can just buzz through like on an airplane ride or something. Right, right. Um, I, I'm going to address. Uh, so one of the people on our um, Facebook page. A guy from Indianapolis is blowing us some crap because he thinks we're some kind of Republican spokespeople here. Okay? Norm's looking at the camera. So, dude, Not dude this here. is going to you. Dude, listen to this. <laughs> J.D. Vance, whom I donated $500 to and whom I love, he's a great guy, is absolutely out of his mind on this ISP, $7 billion ISP giveaway program. This is another one where I don't, I don't, what kind of, so we have a $43 trillion debt and we have Republicans and Democrats in the U S Senate proposing to give poor people, right? Like they can't afford an ISP, which is what? 40, 50 bucks a month. They're going to give them free internet service under this legislation. You know, like right now, all that's going to do is raise the rate of internet service for everybody yeah. else. else. Right. It's, it's like, like JD. There is no free. Well, this is. Remember, we talked to him. This here. this comes out of his experience yes. as a poor child. Yes, he thinks the government can like, fix it. Yeah, can fix this kind remember, of stuff. Remember, I asked him that very question. I was like, "We're you know, like a, a true, like my brand. I mean, I don't even want to call it conservatism, but it's like, I guess it is conservatism. Is like." We need to concern. That means less government to me. That means the government trying to meddle in things. It's not that I don't appreciate the cause. I do. Yeah. But the government sucks at implementing stuff like this. Right. And it looks at it one dimensionally. This is the ride in the back of the bus situation. You know, it's like you're fixing this little tiny thing, or at least you think you are, and that's ineffective. But then you're opening up holes in the dike all over in all other places. Yeah. It's like it's it's a very short sighted political solution. That's right. And. 
if I had any disagreement with him when we were interviewing him, it was that. I was like, oh, sure. he sort of wants the government to interact and right. get involved like Bob more than Dole. I'm comfortable. You know, like Adult, a lot of those establishments. Now, where J.D. is different is on things like, uh, you know, shutting down the border. and Like, he's great on, on yeah, 90%, yeah. but he has this he has this thing like you're talking about where— He thinks the government can fix it. He can, can fix things. He can't fix it. It's like, dude, just let the market but, work. But to his, I guess, to his defense, to get elected, these guys have to go bang the, bang the table and talk about, yeah, I'm going to do this when I get elected. I'm going to do this when I get elected. Here's what I did. But Here's JD, what I tried to do. JD puts out press releases that I get. I get, I get probably five or six a week from his office, mm-hmm. decrying the national debt. And then you propose something like, now I know it's only. Only seven billion dollars. But, that's where, but this, is, this is where it all adds up, exactly. man. Right. This is this right. is the shit. Yeah. This is this is how it happens. Anybody right. who has ever done a personal budget at home, like your monthly budget, and you actually write down everything you spend, you know what the big things are already. Like you know what your mortgage is, you know what your car payment is if you have one. Yeah. You know what the college tuition check is for your kid. Yeah. But it's the little stuff. Yeah. It's like the stop at the convenience store on the yeah. way home. The or Starbucks coffee. The Starbucks or, or coffee. Or the premium to, to listen to Spotify without the ads. Well, listen to Spotify. Smoke you know, those, the that's what that is. Right. This is what this so you is. Add up, that's what this that is. adds up to about a third of a budget, I bet. And what drives that? It's it's because if you don't have Big brother showering money on you. You have to live within your, your means. means. Yes. Yes. Right? So as I always say, the hardest place to look for any solution to any problem is the mirror. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> the hardest the place man to in look. the mirror. That's the hardest place to look for a solution, but it's almost always there. And yeah. so and so when you add little when you add incentives, I, I this is a terrible way to say this, but when you add incentives to stay either unemployed or stay in the underclass and then work a cash, you know, like work in the right. black market. This is the great right? society. This is what's driving it's everything what underground. Disincentivizes success. You know, That's so right. now success is defined like I have to not only make more money, I have to make more money than what I would be getting for free right. because I have to, like, as soon as you bust through the threshold where you qualify for this. Right. Or, now, the, or the free house down payment. Right. Now or, you're taking or, or, a step all back. All this other stuff. Now you're taking a step back. Yeah. So I'm already thinking like, all right, so 121000 I wonder right. if that applies to married filed separately. Yeah, right. 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 So now right. you get one spouse who earns sixty, and the other earns 300000 or 500000 so, And, you, and we ones. absolutely yeah. should yeah. not be doing that. We should be looking to ourselves. If you didn't have all of these programs like Mass Transit and Welcome Home Ohio and Obama phones and J.D. Vance's ISP, if you didn't have all this stuff, our taxes would be lower the, the you know the, Ohio and federal taxes and people would be incentivized to be more successful themselves. Yep. Right. Instead, over fifty percent of the American public now pays no taxes, and they're just voting themselves more and more benefits at the trough. And there's fewer and fewer taxpayers to pay for this. It's untenable. Yeah, I, I I was curious about what a one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year mortgage or would get you. It's about a half a million dollar home. Yeah, at what if you're, percent, if yeah. you're if you're making a hundred twenty, you can get about a four hundred seventy thousand dollars. Is that home. What the like on a thirty yeah, or six yeah. approval? Yeah, it's called uh, thisismortgage.com website. Yeah. Just a quick Google look. I was kind of curious if you're making that kind of money, what kind of home could you get? Yeah, it may not be prudent to spend that much money on a home, right. but you would get approved for it. But you could, you could, you could get approved. And if you think about it, half a million dollar home. You got to put furniture in it. 
you got to pay for that. that. I mean, it's a great point because what you're doing is incentivizing <laughs> people to buy a house they can't afford. Right. And it's not just the cost of the house. It's such a great point you just made there. We just went through a subprime crisis. It's, it's, it's all you're doing is, is, is artificially incentivizing people to buy something they can't afford and, can't and maintain because taxes, like, look, you, the taxes on that home, <laughs> I don't see any provision for that. Um, exactly. That's going to be eight for, to ten thousand dollars a year. You, you know it's going to be right. You got to pay utilities. Yeah. Um, you got to pay for maintenance. You may have to pay for a, a school system income tax. Yeah, the levies. Depending on where that house is Depends located. Where the house the is. levies. So it's yep. like now, like you're, well, you're in addition to the levies. I'm talking about the income tax. Oh, the income tax, right? right. right. So yeah. now you're just you're, you're just putting people in a in a house they can't afford. Yeah. And artificially, and, and living just, in an area that maybe they can't afford either. And in we, an area that they and can't guys, afford. Hey, and I'm, I'm granted, hey, I'm not going to go into Olentangy school systems. Why would you? I'm not going to do it. I can't right. afford to live I in that moving, area, and I don't want to live there. I'm but, moving out of the school system the, the day my yeah, kids are done. I'm Steve, not doing you, that. You, almost the first sentence of the show you started out with, that we repeat our history. Yeah. And that's because human beings are basically dumb. And it's been about oh, 20 sure. years. It's so, been about 20 years sure. since the subprime, subprime crisis. Not, not since it hit, since the policy that started it yeah. was happening. Bill Clinton yeah. and Obama, yep. you know, basically. Uh, Bush, too. Yeah, basically guaranteed people that, yep. you know, we're going to put you in Housing a Housing is a human right. The American dream is your right. It's not an aspiration now. It's your right. Which like, is so contrary to, their, to, to the underlying Marxist ideals, which is oh. no property ownership. But So anyway. the other thing that's going on is just yesterday, Biden's Department of Education announced a new student debt forgiveness program. Oh, great. This was supposed to kick in in July, but Joe's down in the polls, and we got to do something, right, to make him popular with that uh, – under 35 demographic that Trump now owns. So according to USA Today, hardly a Trump uh, uh, news organ. So the details on this discharging student debt is if you borrowed under 12,000 bucks and you've been making payments for 10 years, they're going to wipe it off. Any balance due, they're wiping it out. That's the proposal. That's one aspect. They're also limiting payments, regardless of how much you owe and for how long the debt is is uh, scheduled. They are going to limit your maximum payment to 5%, not of your income, but of your discretionary income. Okay? However, that's calculated right. on, a 10, not, uh, on a 1040. I don't know. But they're going to limit it to only 5% of your discretionary and there'll be no in interest compounding anymore. The interest on your student loan will only be on the original amount and not compounded as you go. So what about all the people heretofore? Oh, we're all screwed. I want a refund for everything I lent my sons. What right? is the, uh, and so they have what's the, the status of this yeah. proposal? Uh, Biden just did it over the top of the Supreme Court by executive action. Oh, so this, this is a pending executive, executive order. order. Oh, it's. They've issued it. Yeah. They're doing it. Yeah, but it. it'll be challenged and in, in, in stock. One right. would think so yeah. because yeah. Well, and the, the and last the one, one got The one changed. aspect of it, the compound interest stuff, I, I'm cool with. I'm we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to cool necessarily do it. The rest of the crap, no. I don't like I'm compound. Cool here, here's why I'm not cool with it. Look, in theory, do I care? I, like I in, in theory, I agree with it. In practice, know. the lever of power that was exercised in order to make this happen right. is completely unconstitutional. Right, 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 right. right. No, so, no, yeah, for sure. You're correct. So let's look at this. If something has to survive. Of it. Yeah, if it, yeah. I mean, let's look at the idea. Okay. Is the idea? Look, am I a champion of of uh, getting rid? Of, look, here I should say it this way: If student loans were so bad that the government 
has to now forgive them. Why is the government still in the business of creating them? Exactly. Exactly. So So, uh, so I just want to point out to Brett. So let's just take, let's say I borrow $100,000 and the interest rate when I do that contract Mm -hmm. is, let's say 5%. Okay. So I'm really borrowing $105,000. Right. Right. And if I repay that over 20 years, it's not fair to the taxpayers that, I only repay $105,000 because they're holding the note for the next 19 years. Or, or the people it, that got private loans, they're not getting those. I mean, they're not getting no, Their true. interest no, is being no. compounded. I mean, it's, I mean, you enter into this as an adult. You make this contract. Oh, sure. For God's sakes. I, look, I would love to say there's plenty. This is ex post facto. You are yeah. changing the terms of a loan after it already happened. Well, very true. Very true. No, no, no. It's good totally point. unfair. Well, look, yeah. But what you're saying, Brett, is look, it sounds good. I mean, this is like, yeah, we would love this to be the case. On the other hand, how can you make it the case? And how's that? How do you, how do you talk about inequity? Like, how, how, yeah. do you, how do you equalize that amongst all those people who either A, didn't get loans, B, paid theirs off, or C, yeah. don't, aren't, don't qualify and did pay for, for the compact. Or, or, or D, I'll pull back. Or, exactly. D, yeah. or D, chose not to go to college to begin with because no, they couldn't afford couldn't it, do it yeah. and didn't want to make this now, kind that of said, loan. Compounding interest sucks. So I would much rather see money, if we're going to spend any government money, going to educating people not to get these effing loans well, yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Why? I, all day long, every day, people are complaining about their student loans for two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars. Why do you have them? Why did you pick the private school that cost that much? And why do schools have to high, go to like Ohio to, State to get a degree that you don't get paid back for? And why do right. schools like Ohio State have hyperinflationary tuition increases? Well, of course, it corresponds it's because, with the non-forgivable loans. They're not. They're not billing the student. The students don't give a rip. The universities don't give a rip. The and, government and culture, is paying for all of this. And there's a culture now that I have seen because my kid, my oldest is in college and there's this culture that it's just what you do. Yeah. You just get loans. And I had this conversation with my oldest. I was like, dude, you've got, you're working two jobs. He's working, he's doing yeah. the right thing, right? He's working his nuts off and yeah. he's, he's collecting money and Down saving money. at the money bank. We had him here on the show. Working at the bank. Like yeah. he's doing his thing. Absolutely. And uh, I was like, you know, to the extent you owe money, pay it now. Pay it. Right, and he's he's like he, we had this conversation. So it doesn't compound. That's Other, the whole uh, point. Otherwise, yeah. it will compound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Duh. Right. right. So even if you do nothing else, students out there borrowing money with your summer jobs, yeah. pay the interest. Your well, twenty-five thousand dollar accord, otherwise, is going to be a fifty thousand yes. dollar accord. Yeah. yeah, and if any advice as well too is you got a kid looking at college, try to find a local college planner to help out. Yeah, you work with some. Yeah, to understand how. What is the end run? If you got a student, if your kid wants to be an educator, a teacher, they shouldn't be going to a school that they're going to have a six-figure loan coming out of it. Because find it's not find, needed. It's not needed. You're yeah. not going to be able to pay off that loan. If you want to be an educator, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. But follow your passion. Be that educator. Be a high school teacher. That's great. We need great high school teachers. But you can't be going to, and I'm not going to name any schools, but you can't be naming the schools you're walking out with a six-figure loan. Look, right. you, you can't you do can't it. Do there, it. Are, there are some really good schools. You don't have to do that. And there's Find awesome them. programs. There's programs now. Like, look, if the government's involved in education, it, it, it may be on this level. It's it, They have public schools. Ohio State's a public school. Columbus State's a public school. So now you can go to Columbus State for a couple of years and then transfer those credits directly into Ohio State. Right. And if you're smart about it and you work during the summers and during the school year, you can get out almost debt-free. Right. Um, go to a state, go to a state, but oh, I want to go to, you know, 
like where I went to the College of Worcester, these quaint little campuses with liberal arts that um, that are so neat and cool, and you get to feel like you're important, and they, you know, they, yeah. they really uh, coddle the kids these days, and you right. know, it's awesome, and it costs sixty thousand dollars a year. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Otter, Otterbein, Denison. Maybe know. you get maybe you get grants, so you're down to thirty. Yeah. Dumb. Your, I mean, they're your fine. legacy, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. no, yeah. you're overpaying. No. Now, if you're your parents can afford it, overpaying. if your parents can afford it and the bill doesn't matter, well, then so be it. Go there. There, there yeah. are options to follow your passion because right. we there need are. passionate people out there right. that are doing jobs that they love. Don't don't fall and the into money. That trap. Yeah, you're chasing the dollar instead of the passion, or chasing the passion instead of the dollar. But don't yeah. or chasing don't. a husband instead of your classes or, <laughs> right. or whatever maybe, you're chasing, maybe, whatever you're chasing, maybe, well, or no. chasing a or, football or scholarship, just kicking the yeah, can yeah, down the getting, road because you don't feel like becoming an adult. So look, the ROI on that doesn't work anymore. When I went to college, it worked. Yeah, right? Right. I could I could go yeah. to the College yeah. of Worcester yeah. for ten thousand dollars or even less. Yeah. Right, and I got out with that debt because I worked and we had some mm-hmm. tuition remission because my dad was a professor somewhere, so I, I was lucky. Yeah. Um, but you know, and you know, I was able to get out clean. I mean, there you can also At serve your country in in Ohio. If you serve in the National Guard, you can go to any Ohio college for free. Yeah, so go do that. Yeah. So Find go. Ways. So serve your Very country. Very good friend of mine, uh, that, the Exchequer, did that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, been on it's a friend of the show. It's a great there are the ways Army. to deal with. In this. the middle of the College of Worcester, he went to the Army, got the rest of his education paid for, and finished up. Right, great, found a way. Yeah, didn't know any money, and it served the rest of us. It right. wasn't just a giveaway. Yep. He was serving our country, which in effect is serving all of us. Yep. We need to talk about House Bill sixty-eight very briefly. Hmm. So you know, as you know, uh, that was the no trans treatment for minors uh-huh. and bio women only in women's sports. Those were the two. So there's big there's been a development. There's been a development. Uh, the Senate is probably going to also overturn this because it passed in the Senate that the House overturned DeWine's veto. Governor DeWine vetoed that bill. He took a lot of heat, even from the Lieutenant Governor John Houston, Dave Yost, uh, Trump called uh, DeWine a stiff and said, I'm not going to support that stiff anymore. So the Ohio House has already overridden the impeachment. Or uh, no, the the veto. The the veto by uh, three-fifths. You've got to have three-fifths of of the um, population of the House. The Senate, uh, which is 33 people, the Senate passed the original legislation 24 to 8, which means three-fifths of that is only 20 votes. So they should have it. So Senate, if they want to override the veto, they can do that, in which case DeWine... But then he does something with, afterwards, though, right? Yeah. So what DeWine did, almost within 24 hours of the veto, he took so much incoming fire, he said, oh, oh, well, I'm going to issue an executive, uh, 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 you know, like Biden does. I'm going to issue an executive regulation that says you can do trans treatment except for surgeries Mm -hmm. as if surgery is the only way that a child is permanently affected by these trans hormones and drugs. It's pyrrhic. I mean, tell that to the pituitary gland, you know, or these drugs are not reversible. The the, the, the party line on that, that they're reversible. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So he came out with that. And and what that blows out of the water is this argument that he, he tried to fig leaf that he did this to protect parents' rights. No, he did well, it to protect minute. his financial 24, donors. <laughs> 24 hours later, you blew the parents' rights out of the so, water with the surgery. What's interesting Bam. is, uh, you know, we, we sort of took this down a path, like I like to do. I always look at, like, what's the lever of power being exercised by the government, and what's at least discuss that. I, so I try, uh, well, absolutely. I, I try to take, if even if I agree with the issue, 
right? Or disagree in whether I did when I disagree, it's easy. But when I agree with the issue, when I agree that we shouldn't have a that we shouldn't let our kids get butchered, right? I, I use that term on purpose, right? Like have their penises cut off, right? Or their breasts cut off, right? Um, I agree. Now then, the question is: Should there be a law that says you can't do that? I mean, those are two different questions for me. Sure. Um, and then I saw this headline: uh, Prison penalties for parents who refuse trans who refuse to trans their kids. Welcome to Scotland. So it's like in Scotland now. There's this discussion where there's penalties for for parents who don't do this. And this is what we were talking about. Like, Jeez. all right, would we like the lever to be exercised in the other direction? If the government has the power right. to do this, then it could force your kids to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're letting the government into the family unit. I'm not saying I have a solution for it. Well, it's just an interesting juxtaposition so Steve, we, paradox. We're going down the Scotland road. So this past week. Um, the uh, Department of Health and Human Services is floating a new regulation. Mm-hmm. This is what we said. Children's services are coming in. Foster parents will not be able to take in children if those foster parents don't want to, uh, what's the word, affirm the right. gender uh, expressed by the child. It's so, so insane. Well, wait a minute. You're coming into my house. And you're saying that you're five years old and you're saying, no, I'm not a boy. I'm a girl. And I'm supposed to go along with your fantasy that you're a girl. Right. And, and well, I'm you, a good. You are if you're getting paid to take care of them. Right. So you're not even going to get on the list as a no, foster parent even, unless, unless you agree Foster to parents do get paid. Yeah. Right? They get, they, and so. Yeah. No, no, no. What and he's so, saying no, is, no. what he's saying is they're incentivizing the, the sure. government doing this. That's right. 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 They're, Jordan they're, Peterson yeah. gets paid to be a professor. He doesn't have to go along with the fantasy. No, 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 no. What Brett is saying is oh. you're incentivized. Th- there's an incentive baked in. The people are going to collect yeah. their dollars and sign on this. And they're going to, they're going to rather than fight this, they're going to agree to it because they're getting paid. They're right. getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's the not that so they're getting, I agree. They should get paid. Foster. Look, if, if, if you're going to no. volunteer to be a foster oh, for sure. parent and there's a government program that support. But here's the thing. I don't think it's that much money. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before the government got involved in this nonsense, the churches took care of it. That's right. The churches took care of it. That's right. And, you know, all the all the other side, the lefties are going to say, well, yeah, but that was the Catholic church and they're so evil. They did all these bad things. Yeah, right. They saved lots and lots and lots of kids' sure. lives. Um you know, what's the boys town? You know, go go yeah. go check it out. Sure. So uh, an average foster parent makes $44,000 a year. For each kid, I wonder. That's that's not bad. That's is that per kid, or you said average income yeah. for a foster parent? Yeah, no, that's what they make. Yeah, as because of their status as but a foster. But is that per kid. kid or is that overall? They may have three. That's the foster it's basically so twenty. Knows? Yeah, yeah. Who I don't knows know. if it's 10, 15, That's a little bit 20, higher than I thought kid. it would be. Actually, twenty one dollars an hour to take. So care look of the kids. now, if I I could I not know. then, I wanted to donate my time. I would even do it for. I'd wave it. There, I can see a world where I would just want a foster kid to. Yeah. to to do something right, uh, good, right, big brother, whatever. I, I couldn't uh, yeah. do it now, yeah, because I would never sign that. Exactly, right, right. I wouldn't right. sign that in a million years. I'm not going along with somebody's fantasy. Yeah, no. Uh, 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 the, I used to joke with my kids all the time. My, Matthew would be like, uh, "I'd be like, you're a girl." He goes, "No, I'm not. I'm a boy." I was like, "No, you're a girl," and he's like, "No, I'm a boy." But we used to joke about this stuff. But if he like, if he ever seriously thought that he was a girl. You know, there's it's time no for way. counseling. Like, Absolutely. or you just let it pass. Oh, sure. I'm Batman. I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, let it pass. Right. I'm Scooby Doo. Let it pass. Right. I mean, I was, sure. I was so many stupid. I did, I thought and did so many stupid things in my childhood, as we all did. Yeah. And if I were, if that, if my whims were engaged, or entertained, 
then I would be I'd be I'd be in jail probably. Well, we all had boyhood friends that got up on the roof of their dad's garage in a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> Right and jumped off. I did it because you saw it work in the car. Right. Did it work? Unfortunately, I didn't jump off yeah. the high part. Yeah. Or bought that anvil from Acme and yeah. dropped it. I'm sore. Right. Four. right. right. Whatever. Right. It's insane. So hey, good. Mm. I hope they override uh, Dewine. De- and so I, I want to play a bigger picture on this, and I'm I'm giving Dewine a huge credit, <laughs> mental credit on this one. So so he vetoes. He yeah. knows both the House and Senate are going to override him. He oh, comes out looking good for some people. He doesn't care yeah. what Trump care, says because he's done. And he, so he t- sends out the executive order, gets kind of done what he wants to do. He doesn't have to put his pen to it. I don't know who he looks good I don't good know. To. I don't know I, who he looks I know, but to. it doesn't matter to him now. It gives Houston a pro- platform to come out mm-hmm. and say something. Yeah, no, right. I don't think he's that smart, though. But yeah. if you look at it, pull back and you look at it going, he knows he's going to get vetoed on this. He knows it. So, so why not? He's playing both sides. It's it, but that's playing with fire, man. I know it is. It's I don't think he's that fire. smart. What, what, what? But this is the, this is the outcome what I, I could have predicted. And I'm not that yeah. smart. What undermines your argument is the fact that he know. reflexively blew his own logic apart in 24 hours and said, you know what? I'm going to ban surgery. Right after saying yeah, the day before, I'm standing up for parental rights. Yeah. Right. He's on. got a lot of that, though, going He's so on. full of crap. <laughs> this bill took three years to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of time to negotiate with the House and the Senate. Yeah, he knew what was going on. Well, yeah. Right. yeah. You know, no, I, your, your point's a good bigger, one, Brett. It's bigger picture, but it's... it's it, you, you, you may be right. So he, he I thought, don't think he's that smart, If he though. thinks... I know. He is not a skilled politician. No. He's gotten a lot wrong. doesn't take much smarts to see this angle. <laughs> he got COVID wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, out. we could do a list of... of he of, got COVID money. I mean, wrong. Right. He got totally yeah. wrong. Right. He got yeah. COVID money. He got federal COVID money. It's not that he got it wrong. Right. The the COVID... And we're still sitting on it. Yeah. The COVID purveyors picked him out as a test market to, to do their bidding to shut down and... and, and yeah. So you weren't here for the show. Policies. But this was DeWine's... This was his flyer to pass issue one. Look the the, the abortion issue. God. Right? Does that make you want to vote show to ban? The yeah, we showed it to the camera in the other show, but I mean, God. it's just that's horrible. Yeah. yeah, right. Two frowny people saying I'm against abortion. Grandma right? and Grandpa don't like it, so you better not vote for it. Mm. He's an ineffective, <laughs> lackluster. Who <laughs> they've got running? Horrible campaign. Republican. I'm governor. still waiting. And for we my had, phone call. We had Kasich. <laughs> I mean, think of the disastrous Republican governors we've had. Kasich. Bob Taft. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's Norm, incredible I'm how still horrible they are. I'm still waiting on my phone call. George Voinovich. Did you get your phone call? <laughs> because I'm waiting on mine. Uh, for what? Because when, when, <laughs> that when the DeWine FBI said he's doing this all for us, it's <laughs> yeah. all in our best interest. Right. I had people at this table saying, well, I just trust they have their best interest. I said, oh, that's great. You got your phone call from DeWine so he could figure out what your best interests are? Right. Because he sure as heck has not called me to ask me what's my yeah. best interest. I just want to be left alone. Yeah. I want to be taxed Thanks, minimally. I, I want to bust my ass. To, right now, even though I get Social Security, I would give up Social Security. If they would let me out of the system and just give me back less what they've paid me, but just give me back what I put in, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, if they want to fix Social Security, they need to give people an opt-out option. You bet. Right? I would take yeah. it. Because Congress yeah. Yeah. and the president aren't in Social Security. Look, they have their own anybody, retirement. Anybody, anybody who has like picked a mutual fund, yeah, and to invest, 
you always look at like what the ratio is. Right. Like what 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 is the mutual fund? What's the management of the fund taking? Right. And you want to pick the the one with the least amount and the highest performance, right? That's right. It's just a general rule of thumb. Sure. So think about the social security system. It's like I wonder what that administrative cost is. Like you, you think I'm getting a good return on my social security investment yeah. over right. right? It's like am I going to get six percent over twenty years or seven percent or it's even ten percent? It's in a lockbox, Steve. It's right. in a lockbox, <laughs> right? Because I'm they not responsible enough it. to invest it on my own. Yeah, right, right. Awesome. So market marketplace economics. That's what I'm all about. Not it's not that's Republican. Been the theme of the show. It's not Democrat. It's just common sense. Yeah. Let the market operate. Housing prices will come down when they need to come down. Incomes will go up if you tax people less, right? And incentivize them to work instead of laying on the sofa and getting COVID money and getting PPP money and getting all the other, you know, kinds of gifts from wow. the government. And watching Netflix on your free internet. So I had, I had, <laughs> right. I had to right. Google right. this. I had to Google this up in regards to what's the administrative cost of social security. I'm about right. My I'm gonna push my eyeballs out. So the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities. All right. Guess what they say is the percent of what it costs. What do you think? Is this uh, is this a government? You mean like for every dollar you you well, get taxed? I, I'll say or the contribute. So also, I'll, I'll, how much I'll leave, is eaten? I'll, I'll, leave out the per, I'll leave out the percentage. Administrative costs amount to only blank percent of annual benefits. Only blank. I would say it's probably 40 or 50% in reality. 0.5%. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. So the Social that, Security. Oh, give me a so administrative. I wonder how many people no work. way. Like how, many right. pe- like how many people work for your mutual fund company? Far, it says far below the percentage of private retirement annuities. No way. So they are tinkering with way. definitions. Oh, what my gosh. You bet they What are. is a private retirement annuity? Exactly. And who's it with? Right. And what and, and what's so, the, the like annuity is not a great rate of return on your money, first of all. Right. Not usually. Um now there might be a uh-huh. you might have a reason to want one anyway, <laughs> if you want to stabilize yourself in some way, shape, or form. Sure. But annuity is not a great return on your money. I would still take a private annuity over Social Security. Oh, oh yeah, right. Oh yeah. I'll make my own choices. <laughs> right. They you notice they left out like private <sighs> investing, like mutual funds. Yeah. Or whatever. Whatever they want whatever. to compare it to, that's what they look best against. I, yeah. That No, there's no way. There's wow. no way. Come on. Nobody that ever got a, rich that's in retirement swamp. using that, Social Security. That's swamp yeah. PR right there. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's, that's just, that, that's, that's doublespeak. That, that's that's Orwellian doublespeak. Because you've, you've got all the presidential candidates. To that's an unbelievable. I know. Even, <laughs> you know, be, be realistic. Even, just, you don't have to lie that badly. All the presidential you know? candidates, even Biden, are saying Social Security is going to go broke the 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 you know the traces on the graph are going to cross in about 10 years paying out to the you know baby boom generation right with the gen zers and Mm -hmm. i have said Mm -hmm. stop at my generation i don't care i don't care and the reason i say this is because i was sort of reared and i think i'm a gen what a xer 80s yeah so i was born in 70 yeah so it's like i always grew up thinking there's no way that there's going to be any retirement for me, right? In Social Security, right? Well, so, we were we were thrown that all the time. Yes. So I started when up. I was twenty. Yeah, just figuring 18, it's hundred dollars a month. It won't be there. It won't be there. So hundred dollars a month, right. I just stuck into an account. In my generation, I'm at the very end of the boomers. I really should be something different. The the boomer generation is defined. It's like two and a half decades. It's ridiculous. 60, you you six, have no identity norm. Six, You're in between the boomers and the Xers. Yeah, yeah X, right. Yeah, it, I'm an old Xer. Yeah. I'm an old Xer. So, so like I should that. be an early Xer. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, 
we were all taught Social Security wasn't going to be there. Right. So you started mm-hmm. to plan ahead. Absolutely. Yes. My generation. Store your wealth. Was told the same thing yeah. as yours. Right. That just, if you're relying on Social Security for your retirement, you're going to live a very poor retirement. And it was yes. never designed to live off was, of anyway. Where that vernacular not. came from, I don't right. know. So stupid. Right. But it never was. It was a supplement right. to help out in the rough times. In the presidential debates, when people were asking questions, they all describe Social Security as what they're going to retire on. And I'm no. like, holy God, do you know how little money this is, lady? Right? No. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, 1500 bucks a month. Right. Like, That's it. You, it's you not view that as a grocery great, bill. Yeah, I mean, right. I no. mean, honestly, and you get taxed on it. Let alone a mortgage. <laughs> right. And you're paying right. tax, let alone a mortgage payment. I mean, yeah. like, how are you going to live if you don't have your house paid off and, or you got your know, rent? Yeah. It's like, it's, that's fixed income, folks. Yeah. I heard today coming in that, um, uh, who was it? It was, it was a guy like Glenn Harp, Harper, you know, one of these experts on uh, private wealth. And he said, based on, you know, how they have been tracking who is defined as rich, to, to be qualified as a rich person today is $2.2 million in personal net uh, worth. wealth, net worth. Hmm. That's uh, rich now. Yeah. But like a million dollars, if you retire at, say, 60 or 65, and all you have is a million dollars. Say sitting in a 401k or something. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be backsplashing the best through case, the money. So a realistic best case scenario is what, like 5% return on your money. So now you're getting hundred grand a year. Uh, if it's a 401k or some sort right. of qualified money, now you're going to, so what's that? So you got about 10 grand, less than 10 grand a month. Yeah. And it's you think te- you're going to retire to Miami, Florida on that? I'm sorry. Oh, no, yeah. no. If it's a, if it's a, if it's a million, you're getting what, uh, 50,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the big life. No. no. And it's taxed. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you got social security, no? <laughs> you got to supplement it. <laughs> you got to supplement it. It's like my social security is like that's that's what. Oh, it's a joke. It's like I I, I calculate what I'm going to get. And I'm just like this can't be right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's a nothing. It can't be right. It's like I want to check the box. Just let me out of it. Just yeah. let, you know, yeah. and I would have done it when I was in my 20s. I'll, I'll do it today. I would have elected. There was talk of doing that back in that's the 90s. Right. There was talk of saying you don't have to participate. Right. Remember that? And it was right. Clinton. I think right. it was the Clinton years. that. But we you were... know exactly what would have happened. The people who opted out and did not take care of themselves, we would end up supporting them anyway. Yeah, but I don't care. I'd rather do that than... Well, than... you you can opt out. Just work for the government or some government entity. Well, or be on welfare. Be on, be on the yeah. dole. Be on like, the dole. Like 50% you know. of Americans are. Yeah. Or find a way to get uh, different kind of income. Yeah. Right. You know, so if you find a way to get uh, some sort of investment income or whatever, you don't Mm -hmm. pay social security on that. Yeah. All right. Mm. Anyway, it's awful. All right. Well, it looks like we're about at the end of our hour and change as we always, I try to keep it in an hour, (laughs) but it's always an hour and change. Anyway, this has been Common Sense Ohio brought to you by Harper Plus Accounting. It has been another riveting episode, but if you missed this episode uh, and you're catching it after the fact, I don't know if that's even possible. I've got a time-space continuum problem. But anyway, if you missed any last episodes, is really what I'm trying to say. You can go to commonsenseohioshow.com and check them out. And while you're there, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I, everybody asks me, where do I find podcasts? Even people I do podcasts with ask, well, where is this? Well, it's in podcast world, folks. Go to Google Podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts. Brett, where do they go? Anywhere. Spotify. Go to your Spotify. Go to your phone and yeah, find find where you can and, play. And in the search function yeah. of of wherever you go yeah. to find podcasts like Spotify, there's 
there's a search function. Type in Common Sense Ohio Show, and our shows will pop up. Mm-hmm. Lots of them. Yeah. And or, then just hit play. Hit play. Or yeah. you could go to our website, and it'll give you a little button. It's, it makes it easy. CommonSenseOhioShow.com. Yeah. It takes you to a menu, that Captivate menu, and, and, it, and it gives you the platforms. Right. And so you punch find, one. Find your right. favorite. And if you like it, write us a review. Share it with your neighbors. We're growing fast. We've got a Facebook guy who hates Norm, apparently, that Norm is replying to. I don't think he hates us. No, he's actually responding to other viewers that are that are agreeing with us, mm-hmm. and then he's freaking out. Yeah. But I'm just saying, hey, dude, and he specifically said, you know, you're a we're, bunch of Republicans. We're shills for the Republicans. Yeah, and all that. Far from it. Well, this we have spent today's show. Of that, today's show we have spent basically the entire show slamming the Ohio Republican Party. <laughs> <Pretty> much. <laughs> right. Now, taking so there's two, but there's two ways to look at it. You got the lesser of two evils, right? That's all. So if I've got to choose, and I hate the fact that I do, I'm choosing the Republicans because there's less of the stuff to hate. That's all. <laughs> it's the lesser of the two evils. Right. There's less stuff to hate. That's so right. anyway, yep. uh, look, and, and by the way, Mister, whatever your name is, I, I'm totally cool with it, man. Yeah, I love that you're engaged. Bring it, bring it, bring and it. Uh, if you got counterpoints that make sense to me and make common sense to me, I'm here, man. I, I love it. I love discussions. I love to think. I love to discuss. I love to be wrong. I love to be right. It all makes sense to me. <laughs> that's so, just that's just common sense. That's just it? common, it's common sense. sense coming at you right from the middle each and every week, at least until now. <laughs>